One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to The Shift, the podcast that aims to tell the no-holds-barred truth about being a woman post-40. Created and hosted by me, journalist and author, Sam Baker. If you, like me, have lived most of your life in fear of foundation, this week's guest is your saviour. Because this woman saved us no-makeup girls' lives. Back in 1991, Bobby Brown was a makeup artist frustrated by the fact that most makeup looked like a mask. So she produced a range of 10 lipsticks that actually matched people's lips. Radical. Those lipsticks were the start of something huge. The first eponymous makeup artist-led beauty brand. A brand that Bobby sold to Estee Lauder just four years later for who knows how much. Now, after 22 years at Estee Lauder and a few years rejuvenating, Bobby is back doing what she loves, being her own boss and with a brand new line called Jones Road. I wanted to make products that were easy to use that just are better than anything I have used in decades and were clean. Bobby joined me from her house in the Hamptons to talk about reinventing yourself in your 60s, the emotional wrench of leaving her name and her legacy behind, how to get what you want at work and at home, seeing the beauty in growing older, both emotionally and physically, and the joy of nobody trying to fix you. Oh, and how not to look like shit. Firstly, I wanted to just say thank you for everyone who lived their life in fear of foundation. Bobby, you've <laughs> changed our lives. Ah, thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm very proud of the work I have done. I take it very serious. It's not just fluff. No, of course it's not just fluff. Do people still say that? No, but it's it's makeup. You know, our world is full of so many serious issues. What does beauty and makeup have to do with anything except help confidence, help people being comfortable in their skin? And that allows you to, you know, do all the other important things in life. So really important. Yeah. How you feel, honestly, how you feel about yourself kind of touches everything you do. And, you know, I always said if it was all women running the world, we would have peace. 
I think I have this conversation a lot with people. If it's fashion and beauty, it's a thing that interests women more than men. And so therefore it's fluff. And if it's football, it interests (laughs) men more than women. So therefore it's very, very serious. Right, exactly. I'm sure we've both been surrounded by many men in our life. So, um, you know, we know the difference. Understatement of the year. I'm not going to dwell on the Bobby Brown brand because I know you've talked about that absolutely loads, but we will touch on it before we start talking about Jones Road. Have you always been a person who's followed your own path? I mean, not that I've noticed, by the way, not that I've tried. I've never been that adventurous. You know, I've never been a rebel, but I just never fit into what I thought the norm was. And now I know there wasn't a norm, but I always thought that everybody was smart and everybody was athletic and everybody was this. And I wasn't what these things were. So it took me a while. You know, I felt not adequate or not good enough until I realized that I can't compare myself to anyone. And once I kind of realized what was in my comfort zone, I just started following it. Was I a rebel? No. Did I create new paths? Yes. I sometimes think about being in college. I had these cowboy boots I wanted to wear to a party, but they did not fit under my tight jeans that I had in my closet. So instead of saying, well, I'm not going to wear the boots, I went into the kitchen and I got a scissors and I cut the boots off so (laughs) it would fit my jeans. Why and how I had that idea and the confidence to do it, but I did it. And this is before I ever saw uh, you know, like shoe boots. So I guess I, I've always been kind of an entrepreneur and just maybe a knack for seeing a thing that is needed. Yeah. I'm so much about what makes sense. I remember coming into my office at a young Bobby Brown before we sold to Estee Lauder. And I said to my partner at the time, I had a new baby and I said, I have this great idea. And she was British and said, Oh, what is it? Actually, she was Scottish. I said, you know, every night I'm so tired to go to bed. I think how easy it would be to take the baby wipe that I use on my child's diaper to take my makeup off with. And she said, oh, that's disgusting. So, you know, I thought it was a great idea, but I'm glad I didn't do it because I would contribute to, you know, the landfill, which wouldn't make me happy. Yeah, it was a great idea, but just not so great for the planet. I mean, now people talk about no makeup, makeup all the time, and it's just a thing we all take for granted. But when you came up with it, everybody was all about the mask weren't they? They were all about slapping it on. And so you're either like a mask person or you're a heroin chic person. And you come mm-hmm. home and say, let's just make everybody look healthy. How did that go down at the time? Did people just think you were mad? Well, it didn't go down that well. Um, <laughs> but I had, you know, makeup artists that were very famous at the time that I somehow met and I would ask their opinions and show them some of my work because I always wanted feedback, even as a young makeup artist. And I'll never forget one guy said, you're never going to work because no one wants to to look like that, you have to learn how to do what we're all doing. And I said, okay. And I tried and I just thought everyone looked awful. And I wasn't in my own head talented enough to do that kind of makeup, you know, with the contouring and the overdrawing. I wasn't talented in my head and I didn't think it looked good. So I started doing more my thing and certain people kind of liked it. And then certain people kind of hired me and then it became a bigger thing than it was. So again, things happen at the same time and you choose a path or you fall into a path. And luckily I fell into the path of me being myself and not trying to be what I wasn't. 
Were you brought up to be independent and believe in yourself? I don't think so. My parents were 20 and 21 when I was born and they were amazing parents, you know, from the Midwest and they taught me how to be a good person, how to care for people. But I struggled in school and I got punished for not getting good grades. And they decided they were going to stop punishing me because so what that I wouldn't be that studious person. And, you know, they just wanted me to pass and I probably wouldn't ever be anything other than a mother or a, a teacher and which would have been fine with me. And I am both of those things, by the way. But I figured out that I was different. I learned differently. I couldn't be like everybody else. I wasn't a punker. I wasn't a rebel. I was just, okay, that didn't work. Let me try it this way. And I just started like using my creativity to learn things, if that makes sense. Yeah, it really does. Because you did a degree in in makeup, didn't you? I went to proper college. It's a four-year college, Emerson College, where they let me make up my own major, which I was like, okay, I want to major in makeup. And they said, okay, you know, it's a mass communication school. So they had theater and film and production and all of those directions. And they allowed me to do it. And honestly, even like I would take a film class and I wouldn't think about what film I wanted to do. I thought about what makeup I wanted to do. And then I wrote the story around the makeup. So I just always did things differently and it worked for me somehow. So that's kind of how I've always allowed myself to be. But I didn't think I was that smart. And then when I went to Emerson College, I realized creative people are different than book smart people. And we learn differently. We think differently. We, you know, stress differently. And that's when I was like, I found my people. And I found myself. Finding your tribe is so important, isn't it? It is. It is. I was never an outcast. I was always in the popular group, but I felt like I was always having to like, you know, work hard to find my place there. You know, I've always been a very small person, you know, (laughs) I'm five foot tall. So, you know, I never realized it was a thing until I came to New York and worked with models. I'm like, wow. (laughs) You could fit in their pocket, most of them. Yes, exactly. (laughs) What was the point where you thought, I am sick of mixing up all these different things to make a lip shade that looks like someone's lips? Why doesn't anybody make one? Well, I never said, oh, I'm sick of this. I just knew that I didn't have a choice except make my own. And one day I met a chemist at a shoot unrelated because I just talked to people. I always have. Wow, you make lipsticks. And he said, yeah, I do that on the side. I said, I've always wanted to make a lipstick that didn't smell bad, that wasn't dry, <laughs> that wasn't cakey, that wasn't greasy. And I wanted the color to look like lips. And he said, well, I could do that for you. And after a couple tries back and forth, He did. I so wish I saved all those things, but I didn't. And um, then I thought, oh my God, it was the perfect color for me. And I thought I could probably sell this. But then I realized not everyone has the same color lips. So then I started looking at all these different women in my life or famous women that I would think of and start coming up with different colors. And I made a range of lip tones and he made them for me. And then I said, well, some people like pink, red, and orange. So I made those colors. And 
then I said, wow, I bet I could sell these. And I started to out of my house. How long were you a one woman band selling out of your house? Well, one woman and the chemist. How long did that go on before you went into retail? Well, I was a one woman with helpers. I was a one woman who had recently got married and my husband was in law school. We had our first baby and my sister-in-law, who was a teacher in her spare time, did our bookkeeping because I couldn't do that. And my husband would help mail them. So, you know, I, I had a small band, did that for about a year, year and a half before I launched Bergdorf Goodman. Now it sounds like Oh my God, you launched Bergdorf Goodman? Well, yes, because I was at a party in New York and I asked the hostess after I thanked her for inviting me, it was through a mutual friend. I asked her what she did and she said she's a cosmetics buyer from Bergdorf. And I instantly said, wow, that's so cool. I'm a makeup artist and I have a line of lipsticks. And she said, wow, that's so cool. Why don't you bring them into Bergdorf and why don't we sell them? And that's how I got into Bergdorf. A lot of them when I talk to, they often say, oh, well, I was lucky. Right. Look, one of my favorite words was fortuitous. You know, I'm very fortunate that I did meet this person. I don't want to say I'm lucky. I'm smart. I didn't even try to pitch her. It was just the way I communicate when I'm excited about something. I could have met a cosmetics buyer at, you know, a drugstore. Uh, and I would have pitched her that too. So I was fortuitous. It's, a you know, not just lucky. No, no, definitely not. So scroll forward four years and you've sold Bobby Brown to Estee Lauder, which I know we could talk for like a whole hour about the <laughs> process. How was that going from a small startup, doing it yourself with friends and other people helping to this great big corporate monster because Estee Lauder is it's an amazing business and a really successful business but it is a corporate bear moss isn't it yes and and trust me I never even you know was in a corporate office back then I was a freelance makeup artist going in photo studios and you know behind the scenes at rock concerts and photo shoots so I was the last corporate person you could ever imagine. Four years later, I am the mother of two children. I had a one and a three-year-old and I lived outside of the city. I lived in Montclair, New Jersey, which is you know a suburb basically of New York City. And I commuted back and forth. And one day I got a call from Leonard Lauder that said, you are beating us in the stores. We were you know somehow the number one line in Neiman Marcus and we didn't even have a full line. And you know Lauder saw the there was something. So we weren't for sale. At that time, we had an office in New York with our partners that we formed. And it was a, a really, really tough partnership. The woman and I just did not see eye to eye. And it was a struggle every day. And so when Lauder called and were, was interested, it was like, oh my God, let someone else have the headache. Yeah. And when Leonard Lauder said, you're beating us in the store. And what if I say that you can have complete autonomy? I didn't even know what autonomy was at the time. <laughs> and you could do what you love to do, which is the creative. And you could literally raise your children and be a mother. I was like, sounds good to me. So we sold to Estee Lauder and um, I stayed 22 years. The partner, I don't even think made it through the year. They did not enjoy working with her either. So um, I stayed 22 years, which honestly, 
eventually one day will be a book. I could write in a positive way to teach women and men how to do things and get what you want. Have you got any advice? Because I think whether it's you've been in a corporate environment a long time or you find yourself in one, it is something else, isn't it? All the kind of game playing, politics, whatever you want to call it. How did you navigate that? Because you're quite you, right? if you know what I mean. Well, I've also been married 33 years. (laughs) So I'm not crafty in a way, but I am like a little understanding of what is kind of happening around. So I personally never got involved in the politics. The politics around me was really awful. Honestly, I look back and I just can't even believe what was going on. I didn't have to play the game because for most of the time, I figured out how to get what I believed in, which is what I wanted, because I would just go right to Leonard Lauder. Like I wouldn't do the steps because once you do those steps, everyone's got an agenda. You know, at some point it didn't work anymore. And that was the end of my being there. And, um, you know, honestly, uh, you look back now and you think about all the rough times and you think about the amazing times. But what my advice to people is when you're in these situations where you just want to blow up and tell someone, you know, how stupid you think they are or, you know, whatever it is, breathe, push yourself back and then say, I hear what you're saying or say, that's an interesting idea. You don't have to say, I'm never going to friggin' do that thing. You just say, hmm, interesting. People want to be heard. I want to be heard. I want people to say, Bobby, that's an interesting idea. You know, I, you don't want people to say, no, that'll never happen. On one of your publicity shots, I'm sure it was very, very intentional because you're all about the detail. Behind your head on the mood board is a line saying, if I actually spoke my mind, I'd be in deep shit. Yes. Which is the truth. And especially, honestly, you know, my friends that know me, especially now in the Me Too moment, I can't say the things that come to my head. Like, I think I'm really funny. My kids get annoyed and they're like, mom, you're not funny. And some of them start laughing, but you can get canceled for some of the things that come in my head. How old are your kids? Three boys, 31, 28, and 23. And now I have one daughter-in-law and one other fiance that will be a daughter daughter-in-law. And that's a whole nother thing, having girls, you know, we're a very close group and, you know, they get on my case sometimes for my thoughts and things I say that were very appropriate when I was growing up, but now they're not. No, it's a whole different ball game, isn't it? Yeah. How did it feel stepping away from not just your name, which is obviously a huge thing, but also this business, which had been the most enormous part of your life for 25 years? It was about 25 years when you left, wasn't it? I was there 22 years but the company was at least 25 years old. It was difficult. I'm not going to lie. The positive is it was freeing because when right before I left the last year, there were so many issues and so many things that were so frustrating that I know naively that I could have fixed if I had someone listen to me and someone support me. And at the end, I had nobody because, you know, I just didn't have anyone for different reasons. And it became way too corporate. And I'm, I don't understand why you have to hire consultants and have meetings and why can't we just do what needs to be done? It's just my mindset, but it was time to go. I went and it was tough. The hardest part was leaving my team that I created that all of a sudden I didn't have and my baby. But I realized 
soon enough, it was certainly not the baby I created. It, it turned into a completely different thing that had nothing visually or emotionally to do with me. But it took a while to kind of get it off my emotions. It did take a while. Did you look at what they were doing or did you just step right away and go, turning that off, turning the social off, not looking? Well, I certainly looked for a while and, you know, a lot of things, it took a while to kind of go through the process. It took them four months to announce that I left, right? Which is like, I mean, gosh, you know, whatever. And I had a non-compete and there was, you know, legal people standing by and PR people standing by. And, you know, I didn't even have a plan of what I was going to do when I actually left. I'm not a person that likes the unknown. I like to kind of tell the truth say what I'm doing. And even if it doesn't work, say, oh, that didn't work. And so that was, that was a tough part. And it took a while for me to realize, oh my God, who was that person that was like this corporate citizen for so long doing all these things? I kind of felt like I was reborn. Like I don't have to have teams of publicists and people following me around. I don't need to be wearing high heels. I could wear sneakers when I go to meetings. I could put my hair in a ponytail. All that was so like freeing for me. You know, I felt young again. I felt healthy. I felt reborn. And, you know, that's kind of carried me into Jones. I mean, a lot of people, I say a lot of people, I mean me, when they leave big jobs for whatever reason, do go through a period kind of of an identity crisis a bit. Like, who am I without that? What does this me look like? Did you go through that? Oh my God, a hundred percent. I remember just feeling no one is going to ask me what I like to eat for breakfast and all the things that are so annoying when you're going through them. It's like, oh my God, that's over. I didn't realize that Bobby Brown, the person was a brand as well as the company. I thought, all right, I'm out of the company. It's going to live on. You know, I was mostly like, oh my God, they're going to make it everything I wanted it to be. And that would have been hard for me. Everything I had in my head and vision I wanted for this brand, if they did it without me would be difficult. But since they didn't, and I look at things and I'm like, okay, that is not what I would have done or approved. And honestly, I don't talk about it that much. I don't even think about it that much. And I can't believe that some of my team are actually still working there after all these years. But you know, I built a new team and a new life and a new happiness. And it definitely took a time to figure out what actually makes me happy. You know, and so many people have left their big jobs and careers, editors and chiefs, and, you know, one of my great friends from Facebook, and everyone goes through it. Everyone goes through that. You know, it's like getting a divorce which I'm luckily never have, but you know, you got to figure out who are you and what is important to you. I think that's such a big thing at this sort of life stage, you know, late forties, fifties, sixties. Why do you think that is this kind of big moment of reinvention? Women particularly, but men too, are particularly around this age. Well, I think that when you are in your, you know, twenties and thirties, you are just like, okay, how do I get ahead? How do I get that next stage? in my career? How do I find the man? How do I do this? And then you get it and you're in the middle of it. In 40s, you know, a lot of us like, all right, we're 
married, we're, you know, have some kids, we're navigating more lifestyle things. And then by the time you get to 50, a lot of people don't feel good. The stress, you know, the lifestyle is really hard. And certainly when you're in your, you know, 50s, it's just not that easy because there's all these other newer, younger people and ways to do things. And a lot of people our age don't understand that things do shift and you have to be open to how things are now, not how they were. And yes, uh, you know, there's photographers who are incredibly talented who are not working because the day rates are not what they used to be. You no, know, same thing with, and the same thing with hair and makeup people. So I get that. And for whatever reason, I've been pretty good at letting go of what I knew. You know, I used to be paid for every single model at Fashion Week to do their makeup and make a ton of money. And then guess what? I had to start paying the designers <laughs> to do shows, you know, and then it's like, all right. And then I don't even want to go to fashion week. It's the last thing. There's only one fashion show I would be excited about doing. And that would be Phoebe Philo's if and when she comes back. Fingers crossed she's back. It's like everybody yeah. I know is like, come on. Yeah, I know. Come on. And honestly, can you think of another makeup artist who could do her thing as well as me? Okay. I'm just putting it out no. there. Oh, totally not. Yeah, totally yeah. not. Thing is, we can't even tag her on social media because she's a social media refuse Nick. I know, but anyways, you know, girls got a dream. Two of my dreams, by the way, is that's one, and the second was meeting the queen. So have you managed the second one? No, I have not met the queen. I have, you know, been friendly and had lunch, teas, and breakfast with a bunch of the members of the royal family. So, but never got to the queen. Since your PR is listening but can't say anything <laughs> and can't protect herself, right. fix she it, knows. Holly. Yeah, she knows. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everything you'd been through, how did that shape your approach to launching a business the second time around? Well, when I left the brand, I was 59.9, by the way. I turned 60 a few months later. 
did a bunch of different entrepreneurial things and started behind the scenes ideating on this makeup company, which I launched the day my non-compete was up. And I launched it at 64 years old. You know, I took a leap because that's what I do. It feels amazing. And it's what I know. I mean, the knowledge that I have from my 30 years of experience is priceless, but it's also what I know not to do, which is the biggest thing. I know what not to waste time and energy and money on. And I know how to get things done in a proper way without all the bells and whistles of the past and the marketing of the past. And it seems to have hit a nerve, which makes me really happy. So tell me a bit about the philosophy of Jones Road. So Jones Road, which by the way, the name came from Waze looking for directions. And I loved the way it sounded because to me, I'm an Anglophile and it sounded like a brand in the UK that maybe was dormant that I was asked to come rebuild, you know? So I just... I visualized, you know, having like the best tailoring, cool and interesting and kitschy and all the things that I think of when I think of the UK and the name was available. So I grabbed it. And what I wanted to do is mostly have a platform where I could teach women a new way to wear makeup. It's very different than the way I taught women years ago. It's a much more, I think, beautiful aesthetic on the skin. And I think it makes people look way better. And our hashtag, which I'm probably the only one that uses is hashtag how not to look like shit. (laughs) Because that's why I wear makeup. You know, you wake up in the morning, like today, I only put blush sticks on my cheek before I didn't put mascara on. I didn't put anything on, you know, I am on a podcast, not a full on live TV show, but I think that it's a gift to be able to teach women how to make us all look better and do different things at different times. You know, there's evening, there's parties, but there's a new modern way to look. And I wanted to to teach and then I wanted to make products that were easy to use that just are better than anything I have used in decades and were clean. I didn't set out to do a clean brand, by the way. I just couldn't even imagine creating something that wasn't. I mean, clean is like such an industry buzzword, isn't it? But actually delivering that is a whole other ballgame. You know, I'm never one, like, even when we're in the middle of the olden days and you're doing CC creams and BB creams and one thing after another, I never wanted to be part of that. And I don't also want to be part of the pioneers for the clean movement. But why would I choose to not put something that doesn't have chemicals either in my body or on my skin. I'm not afraid of using traditional makeup, but I feel better not. It feels better. It smells better. And I eat organic fruits when I can, but I'm not going to ask a restaurant, is this organic? I know it's not. So I believe in, you know, always making the best decisions put in front of you without becoming neurotic. How did you choose what products made the cut and what didn't? Because it's uh, it's not a tiny range, but it's it's quite edited, isn't it? Well, it started tiny. So look, I'm not that long-term thinking. So, you know, I am, but not really. So when we were creating these products, it was a happy accident, this miracle bomb. But honestly, I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever, I needed it every day. And I started giving it to my best girlfriend 
hands and they started like harassing me for more. I gave them little teeny things and little by little, I knew I had a winner. So I could have launched with just that. But fortuitously, I also found a black mascara that I could not believe was clean. And like in the clean world, it's like, do I think the chemicals are going to hurt your eyelashes? I don't. But I wanted to be in a lot of the stores that really promote the clean movement. So I'm like, all right, I am going to see what could be done. And I couldn't believe how good this mascara was. So all right, we could launch with those two. But then I said, okay, how about the best pencil? which I found. And then how about these other fun things? So they were available. And I I had things in the pipeline, but I didn't know what was going to happen. The company has probably done five times as well as we thought, if not six times. I don't even know. We sold out of Miracle Balm in three weeks and we thought we had enough for six months. I'm not surprised. I was haranguing them on Instagram saying, when are you going to start shipping to the UK? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So now I'm getting Asia and Australia and, you know, we're doing the best we can. The beauty business, like the fashion business, it's completely bogged down in newness isn't it? How are you going to dodge the newness bullets? Well, first of all, I I have no plans to go into retail. So I, you know, I don't need to be telling the retailers six months ahead of time what I'm Mm. doing. And there's so much room in Jones Road. I have products a year in the pipeline. They're products that I'm like, oh my God, they're so good. I'd love people that already buy things to want more things, but I really like them telling their friends. Yeah. (laughs) how I plan to grow this business that people say, oh my God, you look so good. What are you doing differently? And I want people to say Jones Road. Well, I'm going to tell all my thousands of friends who are listening. No cash has changed hands. Jones Road is really great. Aw, that's so nice. And you have very beautiful hair, by the way. Oh, I'm all going gray, Bobby. So what? I am all gray. I am 100% gray. I color my hair every two weeks. I don't complain about it. I love the two hours. I don't shoot anything in my face and I color my hair. That's how I choose to live my life. Were you ever tempted to go gray? Were you tempted during lockdown? No, I colored my own hair. And one day my 23-year-old who was living with me said, mom, can I do the back of your head? I've seen (laughs) YouTube videos. So he did the back of my head. It was so sweet. And then on the way out of the door downstairs, his hands touched every white wall in my house. I had fingerprints all the way down. But guess what? Windex takes off hair color on anything. So note to everyone out there, I don't usually like cleaning things with chemicals, but Windex is really good. (laughs) That is a really good tip. One of the things that uh, made me really happy when I was looking at the site, which for listeners is jonesroadbeauty.com. You say it's for every age and everybody says that and nobody means it. And then I was going through Get the Look and I came to Shona. Oh, And firstly, I like literally whooped out loud with joy. And then I felt quite emotional. I thought like, I felt like I might, in fact, I can feel myself getting emotional now because Shona is so cool. She's such a cool older woman, but she's not inaccessibly cool. Like, like Patti Smith or Debbie Harry. Right. She just looks absolutely amazing. And it made, honestly, it truly made me happy. And it also made me realize how little there is of it. Uh, Well, let me just tell you, first of all, I had in my head, I wanted to find a woman with the most beautiful gray hair with lines in her face and no work done. It is impossible. All right. I spent the, you know, the lockdown in the Hamptons. It's 
really hard to find someone that hasn't gotten Botox or fillers or whatever. So one day I was grocery shopping in a farmer's market and, and there was this woman with this big thing of hair. And, I'm, you know, we're all wearing masks and we are still afraid to come near anyone or touch. And I turned over and I looked at her and I was like, excuse me, um, I don't mean to be rude, but can you take your mask off? I told her my name and she took it down and I said, can I have your number? I'm Bobby Brown and I'm working on a project and will you be a model? So I actually have a video of her telling the story. I haven't even done anything with it yet. And she ended up coming to my backyard. We did a test shoot with a photographer. She came to New York. I've shot her twice. She has five, you know, she's local there. She works. She's very cool. She has tattoos and she surfs and her five kids are cool. She's a single mom, raised her kids. She does Reiki as a mm. side. And now she's with Wilhelmina, has an agent, has a full on marketing thing. She cannot believe what has happened because, you know, she was making what, $20 an hour, like working around the clock. And so she tells this story and I have chills because I know her life's going to change. It already has. She's amazing and she's beautiful and she will always be part of the Jones Road family. You know, scrolling down that page, I think she's on page mm. four for anyone who's looking. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a real like stop yeah. moment. It was a real like, whoa. I mean, we're starting to see like a tiny, tiny few more models and just people being represented. But it's still like you can still count them on like one or two hands. Right. And and honestly, I am I still walk around and stop people. We're doing a shoot in October. You know, it's for like a big launch next year. And I have literally put together the most amazing real women, you know, black women with white hair, Indian women. One of them has like some green blue hair, just women that I find so amazing. And guess what? They all have stories. They're not Mm -hmm. models. They all have stories. I don't know. I find the whole thing so cool. Talking to you now and listening, I love just the enthusiasm that is really coming through in your voice, but like watching you talk as well, which obviously no one else can see you. You're so animated and energetic, and I hope you won't mind me saying that you weren't like that in the later Bobby years. No, I wasn't. I was playing a role, I guess, at the end. And there was always someone telling me what I was doing wrong. You know, you got to fix your hair, your this, your clothes. Like people were always fixing me. And then I was like, no one's fixing me anymore. You know, I have to look in the mirror, see if I have, you know, chia seeds in my teeth. So, yeah. (laughs) I don't see any chia seeds. Okay, good. Good. I haven't worn a pair of high heels since I left red. It's absolute Uh joy. And I think of how many Uh pairs I had and I couldn't walk in them. It's just yeah. Oh, and so how's you, I mean, now I'm like, uh, you know, I want to now go to my podcast, which I'm in the middle of redoing, but it's like, how do you find your life compared to what you were? Are you happier? Much happier. And in fact, somebody asked me that yesterday on Instagram private messages. And I was saying to her, I don't think that I even knew what that was because it wasn't right. one of my parameters. Right. You know, I loved my jobs. I loved right. Editing yeah. Red, particularly. It's a gorgeous magazine. But it was. I remember this one time when I was going to Paris for the weekend on Eurostar with my husband. You know, it was Friday night and I was probably in a really bad mood because I was always in a really bad mood. <laughs> um, and he took a photo 
photo of me, which I didn't notice him take it sitting on the train. And I didn't see it until a couple of years ago. And when he showed it to me, it was so shocking. I looked 70 if I looked today. My face was thunderous. My skin was appalling. I just looked ancient and stressed Mm. and I didn't feel it. I wasn't aware of that. You weren't aware of it, exactly. Yeah, life's very different. But yeah, it's good. You know, I make the podcast and I absolutely love making the podcast. I love that it gives me the opportunity to, you were just talking about women's stories, just to hear women's stories. I could talk all day to pretty much everybody I talk to. What's your personal approach to aging? I don't have a choice. I'm very <laughs> like realistic with it. I honestly, I am a health nut. I care about what I put in my body. I feel better than I've felt in years. It took me a while. I've gone through a couple different things and figured out what food works for me. I went back to school, got my degree as a health coach. And I'm all about when I look in the mirror and don't look good, I don't say, well, oh my gosh, I have to go to the derm and put something and do something. I just say to myself, why don't I look good? Oh, I was out the last three nights at dinner and I had that second martini. I shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, I did this. I shouldn't have done that. And I pause. Like I didn't freak out that I couldn't get on this podcast anymore. So it's the same thing with aging. It's like, okay, it's happening. And, you know, look, my son said something to me yesterday that blew me away. He was looking at someone on Instagram. He said, God, mom, they look older than you. And I said, no, she's only 50. He said, oh, I thought she was older than you, like 70. And that sounds so old. And I'm like, of course, people 70 are older than me. I'm 64. Like, I'm like, how the hell did that happen? I don't act it. I don't feel it. I don't look at it. You know, I don't look at, you know, I'm working with a new trainer who's making my body feel good. I'm like, all right, I'm pretty good. You know, I'm actually okay. And so my hair is not as thick as it used to be. My eyebrows aren't as thick, but I'm going to go see an eyebrow girl that someone told me about in my town who also does the most natural microblading. I'll try it. All right. I mean, okay. On the subject of eyebrows, totally personal question. Do I buy blonde or ash? Uh, You buy ash. Blonde has a little more warmth to it. I would do ash first. And then depending on what highlights in your hair, sometimes you need a little blonde in it normal pencils you have to work at these you just take and draw you're gonna be like oh my god this is so easy like I could call Jones Road makeup for dummies because it's so (laughs) easy and you know people are like why is it better than what I've used I'm like because I know how to make things easy because I'm lazy Woman after my own heart. Have you, I mean, you've always been quite emotionally evolved, not involved, evolved. Both, both. (laughs) Do you think that's stood you in good stead as you've got older? You know, I'm definitely an emotional person. And, you know, I always say one of my secrets in business is my husband who's able to make decisions without emotion where I make them with emotion. And so that's helped me. But I think being emotional is just because you're a caring person. I care. I really do. I care about people I know and I care about people I don't know. So I can't change that. You know, I could maybe change my reactivity, (laughs) how I react to it, but I'm working on all that. 
society is so youth obsessed, isn't it? There's such a sense that so much of our value is tied up in that. What do you think that we can do about that as older women? I think it's changing. I honestly think it's changing because I have more friends that are in their mid 60s that are founders of brands and are still as enthusiastic and excited as I am. Women are taking better care of themselves. And, you know, I think women are starting to dress more their age, meaning like not like an old lady, just because you are a certain age. Look, I'm a very optimistic person and I do really see, at least in my world, age is not like it used to be. And there is so much opportunity for people to find second careers and third careers and even, you know, side hustles at any age. And I do think that going through the pandemic where you're on a Zoom and a dog walks in or your kid walks in or all these normal things that people pretended didn't exist. But now we have permission to be who we are and be a little more realistic. And I think that's helping everyone's attitude. And, you know, and we have to be the the change, you and I, and just teach people how when you find something you love, just do it. Just do what you love. And if you don't love it, don't do it. What's your personal take on the whole anti-aging industry? Well, I just think it's such a terrible word because anti-aging, what does it mean? First of all, you know, we are all aging. I'm older than I was when I started this podcast. (laughs) I think the marketing terms that you and I in our past careers from the ageless consumer, like what does that mean? Like, come on, you know, it's like, it's about health and it's about your attitude and there's nothing else that you have that matters your health and your attitude, and then everything else will fall into place. But yeah, no one wants to get older. I would love to know what it feels like to be 17 again or 30, but it doesn't matter what I love. I would also love to be taller than five foot. Like it's not going to happen. So, you know, let's take what is possible and let's just go for it. That's brilliant. Thank you. Right now, I'm going to ask you the questions I always ask at the end. What's your emotional age? I would say 36. Why 36? You know, I was kind of a grown up. I had a couple kids and I was able to be responsible. I had a mortgage and, but I was still young and vibrant in my head. Give us a book recommendation. You know, there's still the book that has made the biggest difference to me is uh, an autobiography called Breaking Night from Homelessness to Harvard which is an amazing book written by this woman, Liz Murray, that was homeless. Her parents were, you know, drug addicts that died who gave her a lot of love and she's a very special person. And somehow through her last dollar, she met someone that helped her go back to high school and apply for a contest. And she graduated from Harvard. Yeah. Sounds amazing. And mostly I want people to read it because all the people that complain about everything in their life. Well, guess what, guys? What advice would you give younger women? To do weights and not aerobics. <laughs> yes. The one regret that I, I didn't work on weights and I always tried to starve myself and do aerobics to burn calories. It's really the weights. But I would also say, don't forget about working on your personal life at the same time you're working on your career. No, I think that, that will be a, uh, that will ring some alarm bells for lots of people, I should think. Who is your old bird role model? You know, it has to be my Aunt Alice, who's 90, 
who has never colored her hair, short hair, has never, you know, gave up high heels, you know, way before I did. And basically is the most down to earth, common sense person. She's never taken a medication in her life. She cleanses twice a year. She has boyfriend that she calls her best friend. And she's 90 years old, takes painting lessons, and she's just raring to go. Oh, she sounds very cool. What's your superpower? (sighs) My superpower is that I'm very naive and I don't think something's not going to work out. And if it doesn't work out, I will just figure something else that will. That is really interesting. Do you think that's partly behind your ability to get up and keep going? I think so. I mean, you know, I I always see sunshine. I always see opportunity. When other people see doom and gloom, I just see a way to do it differently. And I kind of like when things sometimes fall apart to restart things. I mean, you should see me now. I don't have an assistant, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it myself and I'm going to figure things out. And I've made a lot of realizations that things are better when you do something simpler. I'm looking for someone, but (laughs) I'm okay okay right now. When was the last time you didn't have an assistant? Oh, when I was seven? No, I don't know. (laughs) I always had someone because I'm technologically challenged sometimes and I need some IT help. And it's really hard for me. The hardest part is my calendar. And, you know, people reach out to me. Can I just come see you for 15 minutes? Can you have dinner on the 14th? And it's like, I think I might have to just go buy an old fashioned date book because sometimes in the calendar, it gets, you know, digitally overwhelming. So I will decide. (laughs) Just waving Ah! my paper. I love my paper diary because you need to be able to see it. I think if you're a visual person as well, it just helps to be able to see it. Yes, I think I need to get a book. And lastly, how many fucks do you give? I have a necklace that says fuck and it broke. I need to send it back to my jewelry friend and say, can you fucking fix my necklace? (laughs) I do care. I don't like when people say not nice things. You know, I, I will literally take off a negative comment on Instagram. I'll answer them if it's something that could be answered. Someone yesterday said on Jones Road, why did you give me a black heart? I did. And someone on the team and I said, oh, I guess they think it's chic. She says, you know, black heart means dastardly. And I, and I didn't even know that. I said, no, I think red hearts are better. So all right, now we're doing red hearts. But other, you know, trolls, I just take it off. So I, I honestly, I do care. I do care. I, I, but I know there's some not nice people in the world. So I just delete them and go on with my day. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Bobby, for oh, my. so much of your time. I hope to come over one day when it's all safe and, you know, start seeing people again. Oh, to come on. And Holly can fix the queen for that trip. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can hear a new episode of The Shift each Tuesday on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review and follow because it really does help other people find us. And if you'd like to know more about my own experience of shifting, my book, The Shift, How I Lost and Found Myself After 40, and You Can Too, is out now in paperback. See you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.